Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. What caused the brothers to think back how they mistreated Joseph and threw him in the pit and sold him into slavery? What caused him to think that way? A guilty conscience. The word Egypt, and you'll see later the word silver, and what they're discussing right here. This guilt, suppressed sin, no peace, 20 years. 7,300 days, no shalom. Have a nice day. This is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice. None, zero, gone. How stupid we can be to live with a guilty conscience. Did you ever see or have a bad wound, not a scrape, but a gash that cut deep into the skin? Maybe you know someone who had a bad injury but didn't get it treated or cared for. If it got infected, it was pretty ugly, wasn't it? Well, unfortunately, Joseph's family was kind of like that infected wound. Pastor Mark will be teaching about the dysfunction and mess that was happening as a result of the boy's treachery toward Joseph and their dishonesty toward their father. You'll hear about God's desire for all families and people and how Joseph orchestrated events to help his family get the healing it so desperately needed. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Genesis chapter 42 as he continues his message, God and Conscience. When we were getting ready to start this church, you've heard me talk many times. It was five years before God fulfilled that dream for us. Here's 20 years for Joseph. Hold on to that dream. Now, notice what I put here. Dreams that God has given you. Some people come to me, you know, just funky stuff. We have fun with it. I have a dream from God. Okay, what's that dream? Well, I'm going to have a house in Maui and a house up north so I can ski in the winter. And I'm going to have a Ferrari, whatever. I just said to them, quit eating pizza at night. (laughs) That is not a dream from God. That's your own crazy mind. Amen? If God gives you a dream, hold on. He'll fulfill it, just as you see Joseph. Verse 7, as soon as Joseph saw his brothers... He recognized them. Now, that's amazing in itself, 20 years ago. But he pretended to be a stranger, and he spoke harshly to them. Where do you come from, he asked. From the land of Canaan, they replied, to buy food. Although Joseph recognized his brothers, they did not recognize him. Then he remembered his dreams about them and said to them, you are spies. You have come to see where our land is unprotected. No, my Lord, they answered. Your servants have come, hello, to buy food. We are the sons of one man. The servants, your servants, are honest men. Just put quotes around that, please. 
are honest men, not spies. Now, why is Joseph speaking harshly to them and calling them spies? Now, some people, when they read through this series with these words, they get put in jail a little bit later. Some other things happen. They go, well, Joseph is getting revenge. He's finding a way to pay him back for all the time and the stuff that they did to him, you know, put him in that pit, sold him, just, you know, all that lied to his dad. That's it. But if Joseph had been seeking revenge, he isn't. But if he had been, he would have been tempted basically when he says to see them. Oh, by the way, I'm Joseph. I'm the second most powerful man in Egypt. I'm ready to get even with you. And it begins today. You say, oh, Pastor Mark, nobody would say that. Let's move right along. He is not angry. He has already forgiven them. And you'll see over and over, and as we go through this, you're going to see he's not interested at all in revenge. He knows that God is going to use their traveling. He didn't call them there. God orchestrated them to come there. God's using this to test the brothers. Joseph wants to see if his brothers had become truthful. He wants to see if they've changed. If that sin that they did against him and the lie to their dad. Did anything happen in the last 20 years? Is anything good? Now, he knows that they lived 20 years with a guilty conscience. They were living a lie and never were truthful with Jacob, their dad. So I want you to think about this. They are living with a guilty conscience for how many years? 20 years. I did a little math. Every day, 7,300 days is 20 years. 7,300 days. They got up every morning with what? A guilty conscience. Well, Pastor Mark, what's the big deal? Well, it's a huge deal. See, a guilty conscience affects us spiritually, emotionally, and physically. 7,300 days every morning starting the day with a guilty conscience. They weren't living. They were existing. And... God had sent them there to see if somebody could wake them up to the sin that they had committed and basically at some point ask God to forgive them. So notice that lie, those things they did to Joseph, nothing had been done about that at all. So what is Joseph's goal? Look at this. To repent and be restored with God And when that happened with God, then the whole family could finally not be living a lie with each other. They could come back together. It'd be a celebration. And they would be doing life with God with a clear conscience and with each other with a clear conscience. That's his goal. God knows it. Now, verse 12. No, he said to them, you have come to see where our land is unprotected. I don't believe you. He's challenging them. But they replied, no, your servants were 12 brothers, the sons of one man, Jacob, who lives in the land of Canaan. The youngest, Benjamin, is now with our father. And out of all of his sons, one is no more. So what do they believe has happened to Joseph? 
You got it. Right on. Dead. Now, do you know that God has a sense of humor? How do you know that? Look around you. Are we funky people or what? Amigo, they wore that? Look at that hair or lack of. Whatever. Here's a funny thing. I don't know how Joseph did this. And the brother said, and one is no more. Well, who are they talking to? One that is no more. <laughs> oh, you didn't get it. Do I have to go over it again? They're talking to somebody that's dead? No, they're talking to the one that is no more. Hey, how are you? I'm Joseph. Now, he's not going to say that, but he's got to be doing this. <laughs> I think I'm okay. I can feel myself. I love God's humor. One that is no more, and they're standing right in front of them. See? They don't get it at all. And Joseph said to them, it's just as I told you, you're spies. And this is how you will be, notice the word, tested. That's exactly what he's doing. He's testing him. As surely as Pharaoh lives, you will not leave this place unless your youngest brother, Benjamin, comes here. Send one of your number to get your brother. The rest of you will keep in prison so that your words may be tested to see if you are telling the truth. Because they'd been living a lie with a guilty conscience. If you are not, then as surely as Pharaoh lives, you are spies. If I find that you're still lying, you're not honest, then it's bad news for you. And he put them all in custody for three days in jail. On the third day, Joseph said to them, Here's my solution. Do this and live, for I fear God. If you are honest men, let one of your brothers stay here in the prison. While the rest of you go, take the grain back for your starving households. But you must bring your youngest brother to me, so that your words may be verified and that you may not die. And they talked among themselves, and the last part of that verse says, they proceeded to do so. In other words, we really don't have a choice. Our people are starving at home. We need to get food for them. If we don't do this, it's not going to be good for anybody at all. Then they said to one another, watch the guilty conscience now. Watch. By the way, everyone here has had guilty conscience many times. Don't look at me and say, well, Pastor Mark, I can get up and leave now because I've never had a guilty conscience. You need to stay because you need to be the first one to the altar today. Because we've all done that. Notice, they said to one another, they're talking. Surely we are, say the two words, being what? Punished. Uh Uh-oh. What do they see? Because of our brother. They know exactly what God's doing. They can see that God is in the background. That guilty conscience doesn't take much to go, whoop. They said to one another, surely we are being punished because of our brother. We saw how distressed he was when he pleaded with us for his life down in that pit. But we would not listen. That's why the distress has come upon us. See, they're beginning to see God has known for 20 years that they're guilty. But they've refused to do anything about it. They're miserable. And you see, in a little while, they're fearful. Now, what caused the brothers to think back how they mistreated Joseph and threw him in the pit and sold him into slavery? What caused them to think that way? A guilty conscience. The word Egypt, 
And you'll see later the word silver and what they're discussing right here. This gill suppressed sin, no peace, 20 years. 7,300 days, no shalom. Have a nice day. This is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice. None, zero, gone. How stupid we can be to live with a guilty conscience. Now, this reminds us of somebody that didn't live 20 years with a guilty conscience. But David, he was a favored son of God. And he lived one year. He committed adultery with Bathsheba, killed her husband, and for one year refused, refused to admit he was wrong. So he lived for one year with a guilty conscience. Not 20, just one. But look what the Bible says about David. A man after God's own heart. Take a look at this. When I refuse to confess, why does a person refuse to confess? Because they're prideful. There isn't a person I'm talking to. You never became a Christian because you're a good person. You became a Christian because the first thing you did is say, God, I confess. I'm a sinner. I need your help. Can I hear an amen? See, and you say, well, uh, Pastor Mark, I'm never ready to do that. Then you know where you're going to spend eternity. It's not going to be in heaven. The first thing Jesus said when he started his ministry, those three years, he said this, repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. So look what David says, I refuse. See, God will never force you to confess. You have to do that as an act of your own will. I refuse to confess my sin. Now, remember, spiritual, physical, and emotional with a guilty conscience. My body wasted away. And I groaned, how long? All day long. In fact, the whole day. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. God is trying to get him. When God comes to us to convict us, he's trying to get us healthy. When we refuse, Satan's going, condemn, condemn, condemn. Just stay there. Don't admit it. Don't admit it. Don't admit it. Notice, all day and night, your hand of discipline was on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. Now, that's the bad part. Look at the good part. This is where we all need to go. Finally, David says, I confess all the sins of other people. No, all my sins. Who did he confess them to? God. Every sin we do, the first person it's against is always God. Sometimes then we have to confess to another person. I confess all my sins to you and stop. This is the big one. Stop trying to hide my what? There's his guilty conscience. He'd known for a year he did wrong. He refused to admit it. It affected him. It ruined the whole year. Then he said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord. And you forgave me. And all my guilt is what? That's the solution. In case you wonder, why are you here today? Because some of you still have Not for 20 years. I don't know. It could be two days. I don't know who it's against or whatever. But we all sometimes just need to confess, look, I was wrong. God, free me. And notice what it says. All my guilt will be gone. That's huge. But don't get prideful. Now, first step to getting rid of guilt is admit you're wrong by repenting. Very first step. Now, look at verse 23. They did not realize that Joseph could understand them since he was using an interpreter. And he turned away from them and began to weep. Now, if you're a revengeful person, are you weeping here? No. He's saying, man, where are my brothers? It doesn't seem like anything's changed. But he turned back and spoke to them again. And he had Simon taken from them. That's the one they're going to keep. 
and bound before their eyes and put them in prison till these guys get back. And Joseph gave orders to fill their bags with grain, to put each man's silver back in their sack, and to give them provisions for the journey. After this was done, they loaded their grain on their donkeys, and they left. Now, it's obvious, obviously, Joseph has already forgiven his brothers. You say, well, Pastor Mark, how do you know? He's, he's loading every one of their bags, having them all loaded with grain right up to the top. And then he puts money hidden in one of the bags. So how much did they pay for the grain? Nothing. Wouldn't you like to go to public and say, there's a biblical principle if you're a good person. <laughs> Fill my bag, I'm leaving. No, you'll be in jail too. See, that's a generous... Joseph, how did Joseph become a generous man? It was all about unforgiveness. Let me show you the four keys we talked about. Here they are. First step in my life, if I'm going to enjoy freedom, I have to forgive. I have to forgive other people. I have to ask God to forgive me. Then I forget. I forget that they did to me. If you forgive somebody, it doesn't mean you're agreeing that what they did to you was right. Not at all. But you just have to forgive. When Jesus said, forgive them. Putting him and nailing him to the cross, was that right? No, it was wrong. But forget means I'm not emotionally attached to that anymore. I'm free. God's forgiven them. I'm forgiving them. Next, forgive, forget brings what? Freedom. Does a guilty conscience bring freedom? No, it actually brings bondage. And then when the next thing, when I'm free, what can I be? Fruitful. There's Joseph. That's the sequence he went through. And we just see his fruitfulness. He's giving them all of that grain, all of those things, replacing the silver, and he's generous. He's fruitful for God. Now, at the place where they stop for the night, they're traveling back home. One of them opened a sack to get feed for his donkey. And he saw his silver, the amount of money he brought, all of them brought money, in the mouth of the sack. My silver has been returned, he said to his brothers. And they went, praise the Lord. No, let me finish the sentence. He said to his brothers, here it is in my sack. And their hearts sank. And they turned to each other, trembling, and said, what is this that God has done to us? Because they know if they have the money, they're going to be called what? Spies and dishonest. Now, why would they say, what is this that God has done to us? Because they have a guilty conscience against not only Joseph, but who? God. They know they're guilty. They knew that God was in the background working to get them forgiven. Admit it. Repent. Now, their guilty conscience were stimulated. Remember Egypt. Woo! What about silver? When they look in their bag, remember that day that the caravan came by, went to Egypt? What did they get for selling Joseph? Silver. Is God amazing? They look down at that silver and immediately in their mind goes to, we sold Joseph for a couple pieces of silver each. That's why they said, somebody's getting our attention, that somebody is God. You see, there's nothing you can hide from God. So he's trying to stir them up. I know everything. Egypt, yep, you're going there. I know about silver. Back to you. That should remind you of what you did. Now watch this. 
They know if they're not going to do something, behind all this, Joseph is going to say, you're a spy, you're stealing, you're done. Well, look at verse 29. When they came to their father Jacob in the land of Canaan, they told him all that had happened to them. And they said, the man who was Lord over the land spoke harshly to us, Dad, and he, he treated us as though we were spying on the land. But we said to him, we are honest men, in quotes. We are not spies. We were 12 brothers, sons of one father. One is no more, and the youngest is now Benjamin with our father in Canaan. Then the man who was Lord over the land, Joseph, said to us, they didn't know it was Joseph, this is how I will know whether you are honest men. Leave one of your brothers with me and take food for your starving household and go. But bring your youngest brother to me so I will know that you are not spies, but finally honest men. Then I will give your brother back to you and you can trade in the land. As they were emptying their sacks, they discovered something. See, they only thought one bag had silver in it. Look at this. As they were emptying their sacks, and each man's sack was his pouch of silver. When they and the fathers saw the pouches, they were frightened. Now I'm thinking, wow, that's a big place. Not just in one, it's all of us. And their father Jacob said to him, you have deprived me of my children. Joseph is no more, and Simon is left in Egypt. He is no more, and now you want to take Benjamin? Everything in my life is against me. Now, Jacob is an interesting man. Jacob was known most of his life as a great deceiver. He finally fought with God, admitted his weakness, and God restored him by giving him the name Israel instead of Jacob, the deceiver. Now, somehow he used to have history with God. He knew the blessings of God. He fought with God. But now he has no faith in God. Everything's against me. Man, I lost Joseph. You guys are going to be in trouble. I don't know what they're going to do. You. One of my other sons is in Egypt. Now you want me to take Benjamin? Forget it. I'm going to say this to you. That's a lie from Satan. You know what the Bible says in Romans 8, 31? It says simply this. Since God is for us, who can be against us? Since God is for us, who can be? God is not against Jacob. In fact, he's just the opposite. He's at work in his background. Jacob has no idea. In a few years, the whole family from Israel is going to go to Egypt. And God's going to grow that nation over 400 years to a, a powerful nation that will that absolutely just thrive. And through that will come the Messiah. You have to understand, sometimes we allow Satan to lie to us. We look at our mess. I've done this. I'm sure you've done this. You've seen messes, sickness, financial, just got laid off, and the guy next to you does nothing. They keep him and promote him. And our comment is to say, God's against me. Don't ever say that again. Now, I want you to see this statement, and I'm going to ask you to repeat it to your neighbor. Neighbor, God is not against me. Say it with me. God is, God is for me. Do you believe God's for you? Even in your circumstances? Yeah, because he's at what? He's at work in the back. Remember? Whoop, whoop, whoop. He's at work. Today, Pastor Mark taught on the effect a guilty conscience can have on one's life. The story of how the brothers were dealing with their guilty consciences 20 years later contains a lesson for you. You saw the contrast in Joseph's attitude toward them and his true love for them being displayed. That kind of love is only possible when you forgive and let God handle the situation. 
There's so much to learn from Pastor Mark's current series, so be sure to join us again. In the meantime, we'd like to offer you a CD copy of today's message for your own archives or for you to share with friends and family. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on Order a Message at the top of the page. There you'll be asked for the mailing information and be sure to include today's date. Each CD costs $5 to cover materials and shipping. Again, to order your CD copy, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Next time, Pastor Mark will finish his teaching, God and Conscience. You'll hear more about the story of Joseph's interaction with his brothers. You'll learn about the inevitability of God's plans for your life and the need for you to be prepared to be used. You'll learn the importance of humility when it comes to being used by God and in forgiving others. We've run out of time today, but we do encourage you to tune in next time as Pastor Mark will continue teaching through this series, Trusting God in the Ups and Downs of Life. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.